If you want to turn to Philippians 3, that's where we're going to be for the majority of this lesson. Philippians chapter 3. As you know, as we've already talked about some, this today is New Year's Eve, the last day of 2023. And at the end of the year, naturally, we have an inclination as a culture to sort of look back on the year behind us to appreciate all the ups and downs that it brought us, the growth, maybe the successes, but also to look ahead of us and make plans for the new year, for 2024, maybe to make resolutions on ways that you want to improve as a person or as a Christian. Both of these things absolutely have merit and have value, especially as Christians, to thank God for the past year and to strive for future growth. But I thought we'd take this session, since we talked about a few weeks ago when we talked through Psalm 65, we talked about looking back on the blessings of God. I thought we could take this opportunity to sort of look forward together. In Philippians 3, Paul is going to talk about his past. He'll talk about his personal history. But what we're really going to see Paul focus on is what lies ahead of him as a Christian. Paul really is going to show us he has a one-track mind, spiritually speaking. Paul's going to say when it comes to the ultimate path of a Christian, We've got to look forward in our faith. Look forward to the ultimate goal. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. So we can recenter ourselves on our purpose as we come into 2024. If you want to start with me, we'll read in Philippians 3 verses 1 through 8 to start. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For this sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So Paul starts this section by emphasizing priorities. He tells the Philippians to find joy in God, to ignore the evil trials of this world. Ignore the persecutors. Ignore the temptation of focusing too much on fleshly things. 
Paul focuses here some on circumcision, this physical sign of Jewish males that a Jewish man was was physically different from those around him. This is what separated a faithful Jewish male following the words of the law from all the non-believers around him. And Paul says, look, beware of putting too much confidence in fleshly pride, anything earthly. And beware of those who do place importance on things of the flesh and their accomplishments, and things that they've done. What Paul is trying to point out here and get the Philippians to see with him is that we can't take confidence in our physical lineage, our our past accomplishments, or anything that is fleshly and earthly and temporary. We cannot take comfort in thinking that these things are what make us worthy, that these things are what make us special in any way. And as he so often does, Paul points to himself as evidence. He says, I'm exhibit one here. From physical lineage standards, from fleshly pride standards, Paul has got it all together. He was circumcised. He has the fleshly mark of following God's law as his covenant people. He was born a Jew. He knows what tribe he's from. His physical lineage has all of the boxes checked. But if that's not enough, Paul points to his past history, his personal accomplishments. He's got that too. He says, I was a Pharisee. I was knowledgeable in the law. I was well studied. I was zealous and a strict observer of the Torah. In fact, I was so zealous, I persecuted Christians for believing in the new covenant. I was so faithful that I was blameless under the law. Not that he was perfect, but that he paid careful attention to what God commanded in the Torah. Paul said, my, by my past life, by personal standards, by physical standards, I check all the boxes. A devout member of God's old covenant people. And that's an amazing opportunity for pride. And yet, Paul doesn't say these things looking for honor. He doesn't say this to impress the Philippians. He doesn't say this out of a prideful way. He says he doesn't care about these things. He says, all of these things in my past, all of these successes, all of these prideful attributes, they are rubbish to me. That's to say that they are nasty, they are gross refuse. They are in the past, he doesn't want anything to do with them, they are nasty to him. Paul's saying, I know I have opportunity to be prideful. I know that I have opportunity to rest on my laurels, to rest on my past accomplishments. Here's what all of that means to me. Absolutely nothing. All of my past accomplishments are garbage to me. Everything that I've done is nothing compared to the hope that I find, the purpose that I find in following Jesus now. Paul shows a commitment to losing everything that he has to in order to suffer for Christ. Let's look at why Paul wants to live this life with Christ. In the next section, verses 8 through 16, Paul really expands on the idea of living a life with Christ. 
starting back in verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus." Let, any of, let those of us who think that they are mature think this way. And if, any, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Paul emphasizes again, whatever I have to leave behind for Christ, I'll do it. His Jewish lineage, gone. His special standing as a a member of God's original chosen people, rubbish to him. His respect and pride as a devout and studied member of the Pharisees, gone. Paul says, I can't find righteousness in these things. I can't find truth in these things. The only true salvation is that which comes from a faith in Christ. And that's why I'll devote myself to him. Paul says that faith in Jesus is all that matters to him in this life now. He's built his life around Jesus as the center point. And he's left behind whatever he has to do to do it. And notice what that hinges on. Paul is willing to leave everything behind. He's willing to trade all of his accomplishments for the suffering and trials of Jesus. He says maybe even the death of Jesus. I'll trade all of the good things in my past and I'll trade them for suffering and death and trials. That doesn't sound like a good trade. And yet Paul says it's absolutely worth it because a life with Christ leads to obtaining the resurrection through him. Paul's faith, the reason that he's so willing to throw aside all of his physical pride and luxuries, the reason he's willing to suffer is that he has confidence in a future resurrection. Paul says the goal of straining toward eternal life, it's a prize willing to endure trials for. It's a prize willing to work for. Which is why he says in my Christian walk, in everything in my life, is aimed toward eternal life that can only be found through Jesus. And that's the key. Paul says, I'll suffer persecution. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with losing my physical standing. I'm okay with losing friends, with losing family. I'm okay with losing whatever I have to, enduring whatever I have to. And here's the reason why. Because whatever I have to deal with in this life pales in comparison to the reward of eternal life with Jesus.
pales in comparison to the amazing blessing and honor of a resurrection with Jesus. Paul says, my life is centered around the big picture. My life isn't looking at what's right in front of me. My life is looking at the end goal, and the end goal is eternal life. And because that's his purpose, he's willing to throw away whatever he has to. He's willing to endure whatever he has to, and he calls us to think the same way. Paul says, those of you who are mature, think this way. Those of you who are mature, be willing to drop whatever you have to for the wisdom of God. Those who seek God, be willing to endure whatever you have to for the sake of Christ and his resurrection. And we'll finish up in verses 17 through 21. And Paul's going to emphasize both of these things again. Picking back up in verse 17. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now even tell you with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to even subject all things to himself. Paul really wraps up this section with the stakes of this perspective. Paul says there are those out there who only seek satisfaction and fulfillment in this world. He says their God is their belly. That is to say that what they pride themselves on and what they seek above all else is to be happy right now. What they seek above all else is to feel good in this life right now. Paul says when you focus your entire life on that perspective, on what's right in front of your nose, that can only lead towards destruction and death in the end. That a life, a life where you seek to make yourself comfortable and everything is easy now makes things uncomfortable in the end. But Paul says, if you ignore what's around you, if you fight through the trials, if you drop whatever you have to for the sake of Christ, in the end, those who make Jesus their refuge, they will live in joy and happiness and comfort eternally. Paul said, here's the the stakes of this perspective. When you choose a short-sighted faith, it's not going to end well. A short-sighted faith ends in destruction. But the eternal perspective, living, seeking the eternal perspective, ends in a resurrection and eternal life with Jesus the Lord. Paul says this is how important it is. A life lived towards the resurrection ends in a relationship with God. Anything else doesn't. So that's the story of Philippians 3. I just want to take a few minutes to draw some points on before we break. The first thing is that our lives as Christians, just like Paul calls us to, need to be focused on the resurrection. I think 
I haven't done such a great job in even my sermons. I feel like I do a lot of talking about having faith and doing the right things, but maybe I don't talk about why. I talk a lot about leaving behind the bad things of this world, being willing to endure whatever you have to, but our God is not a God that calls us to endure just because. Our God is not a God that calls us to leave behind the things of this world just because. If our God called us to do hard things and there was no reward at the end, that is not a light gospel. That is not a light yoke to bear. And yet Jesus tells us that his gospel frees us, that his gospel is easy to bear. And the reason is not because we don't have to do hard things or because we don't have to leave things behind, but because God makes it all worth it in the end. That God gives us glory and joy eternally. 1 Corinthians 15 says it this way. If you want to turn there. Paul says, here's why the gospel is good news, because it has a cause and a goal. 1 Corinthians 15, picking up in verse 14. says, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we have testified about our God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. And then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If, we have Christ, if, we, if, in, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, We are of all people most to be pitied. Paul says a Christian walk is nothing without the motivation of resurrection. Everything in our lives is to be focused on the eternal goal. We are called to live our lives focused on the eternal perspective, the big picture. Everything we do now is to be focused on the end goal of living with Jesus eternally. Not as though we're trying to earn it, but in the sense that God has granted us the hope of eternal life. That Jesus has sacrificed so much for us to have that hope, and our love for them, our desire to be with them eternally, should motivate the way that we live. Our love for God, our desire to spend eternal life with him, should change the way we live now. Since we know our purpose, since we know our goal is to strive through, for the eternal life that only comes through Christ, we have to live like it. If we truly understand our purpose that Paul calls us to, Faithful lives will follow. Because we know, like Paul knew, that nothing can stand between us and a perfect relationship with God. That whatever has to be dropped behind, whatever has to be endured, is absolutely worth it. Not that it will be easy, but that in the end, it will all be made worth it. 
that the trials of this world are nothing, that whatever we have to drop behind is rubbish, because the glory and the hope that Jesus offers so far outweighs anything in this world. That the life Jesus is calling us to is so much greater than anything we can find right now. Our God is not a God that calls us to endure for no reason. Jesus is not a Lord that calls us to leave behind everything for no reason. God calls us because he has a better plan for us than we have for ourselves. God calls us because there is something worth enduring for at the end of this life. And so we need to be like Paul. Don't let the pride of having a special relationship with God stand in our way. Because here's the perspective from Paul. Paul was, I mean, like he said, he's the Hebrew of Hebrews, basically. He is, from a Jewish perspective, he had absolutely everything going for him from physical lineage, from the way he followed the Torah, all of it was going in his favor. And when the gospel came, that really shook his perspective. Because all of a sudden, all of that work he had put in to things like the Torah, well, there's a new covenant now. What do you do with that? And Paul had every reason to reject Jesus, to reject him completely, to reject the new covenant because he was comfortable in his accomplishments. He was comfortable in what he had already sacrificed for the Torah. And for a time, Paul did that. Paul said, look at the faith that I had. I had so much faith, I persecuted the church. And yet, in the end, when confronted with the glory of Jesus, when confronted with the hope of a path with him, Paul said, whatever I have to leave behind is worth it. The question is, what are we holding on to? What's keeping us from leaving everything for Jesus? What are we keeping in between us and his resurrection? Paul says, whatever it is, you need to drop it now. We talked a few weeks ago about about, uh, dropping the guilt in front of us, leaving our guilt and pursuing a path in hope with Jesus. This is kind of the flip side of that. Paul says, whatever past successes you have, whatever makes you special on this earth, you need to be willing to leave it behind. He said, whatever gives you pride, you may be the best educated person in the world. You may be the most beautiful person in the world. You may be the smartest by man's wisdom. You may be successful. You may be rich. You may have, you may get promotions every year, whatever it is. Paul says that stuff is not anywhere close to the glory that is coming. That stuff is not anywhere close to the hope that's coming. And if it's holding you back from pursuing the final resurrection, if it's holding you back from living a faithful life, it needs to go. That anything that's here is rubbish. Not that it may not be nice now, 
but that in the eternal perspective, nothing here is worth sacrificing your soul for. Nothing that's here is worth the weight, carrying the weight of it on your race with Jesus. I think about it this way sometimes. I don't know if you guys have ever gone like long distance hiking or something, but have you seen the bags that those guys bring? Have you seen what they carry with them as they're going, you know, 10, 20 miles a day for weeks at a time? The bag looks big, but think about how much you really use, like in four or five days. I mean, I'd be thinking, like, I want like five changes of clothes. I want to make sure I've got all the food and the pots and pans and everything, and I got to make sure I have this and make sure I have that. Well, if you did that, you would need about five backpacks that were the size of me to go for five days. You can't do that. That weight's way too heavy. It's going to drag you down. You're never going to get where you're trying to get. Paul calls us the same way. He's like, there's a lot of stuff in this life that might be nice, might be convenient, might even be good. But if it's holding you back from walking to the end goal, then it needs to go. We need to lighten our loads. We need to pack small because whatever's in this world isn't the goal. We got to drop whatever we have to to make sure that we're walking ahead. That's the story of Philippians 3. Your past accomplishments, your past hope, anything that gives you pride, it's got to go. It's rubbish. Because the eternal life that's ahead of us, the hope that we have in Jesus, is so much better than anything this world has to offer. We're going to say a prayer, and then we're going to be dismissed to our classes. Father, thank you for being willing to redeem us. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for sacrificing so much for us that we have a hope of forgiveness and a life lived with you. We know we don't deserve that sacrifice, and yet you give us life freely. Thank you. Give us the strength to humbly submit to you. Give us the strength to lay aside all of our past as though it were rubbish. Give us the strength to endure whatever the world throws at us so that we may fully strive for the goal of an eternal life with you. We love you and we pray all this in your son's name. Amen.